Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Digital Hustle Show. My name is Stephen Burkhart with Burkhart Creative Agency. And one of the things that my agency really believes in is helping business owners achieve their goals and their dreams. Every business owner starts out with something in mind, a goal or something they want to do with their lives. And sometimes they just don't always know all the steps to get there. I interview other small business owners, marketers, and other people that I think will be able to give you the tips and the tricks needed to build your business. It's one of the things we believe in, and that's why we do this show. Thank you so much for listening, and please, at the end of it, if you've enjoyed it and it's been helpful, share it with someone that would benefit from this. Thank you so much. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another Digital Hustle Show, and I am super excited to bring to someone who's not a small business owner, but definitely like you kind of run your own ship and you have a ton of small business owners that you've worked with. And so uh, this is Jacqueline, and yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. All right, so yes, I am Jackie. Thank you so much for having me on. I originally started my career as a teacher. I taught abroad for a couple years in Dubai, and then I went directly into educational sales. And then I furthered my sales career and started an HR payroll company, which I've been loving. It's gotten me super involved with the community. And yeah, it's been awesome working with small business owners, especially. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, So I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, we we had talked a while ago on the phone, just kind of like getting to know each other a little bit, uh, which is awesome. And, um, you know, one of the things that we're always trying to do on the show is give business owners like the tools and the help to be able to do a better job. And so after we had ended up talking on the phone, I just felt like your experience with payroll was so good because like, just like my last interview that I had with an attorney, like payroll is like another thing where it's like a, a necessary evil in a lot of ways for people where it's just, it's complicated. It's not like something that they always have to deal with. And so it's something that I feel like a lot of people don't have a ton of experience handling and you're like basically an expert in that. So um, yeah, so if you could share a little bit about how um, payroll really affects uh, business owners, what you've seen, um, and this kind of like some of the things that we talked about as far as it actually being more approachable than uh, even I initially thought. So if you could walk us through that a little bit. Yes, absolutely. So payroll is definitely kind of the bread and the butter of the business, but it does so much more. We do services from hire to retire. So everything from onboarding to timekeeping, which then bleeds into your payroll system, which saves you a lot of time. So you don't have to manually track that and be on top of all of the compliance when it comes to, you know, what's the sick time regulations in Arizona and all that. So having all that built in system bleeds into the payroll. Don't have to deal with your state, federal, local tax filings at the end of the year and all that. Um, So we take care of that for payroll. So yeah and then all the way to retirement so there's just a lot of options so whether a company is a startup and they just need simple payroll and they just want peace of mind to know that everything's done correctly they're staying compliant they're paying their employees correct um, easy to do and makes their lives much easier gives them a lot more time back in their day and then they know that they're doing everything right and they don't have to to worry as much right on that aspect yeah yeah which they have so many plates spinning it's like nice to have something you don't actually have to worry about <laughs> yes and I, which i was telling you too it's like that's the one thing where they're like well you know we can do it in-house and it only takes me a couple hours i've got a you know a couple employees or five and but i think that they don't realize just how inexpensive just outsourcing payroll can really be like right. it can be just a couple thousand or under for you know three to five employees so Right. Where do you, where do you really see it starting to pay off? Like what kind of is like a magic number, so to speak, when like 
the company's grown to a certain point and they're kind of on that edge. Yeah, I would say, you know, when it becomes maybe it's manageable, but like I said, with the time that they put into it, definitely when you get to that, when you're at that five employee mark, you may as well just get it off of your plate for sure. You, one, one of the things that I think you really excelled at, just because I know that you've met a couple people that I know, which is how I found you, um, is uh, doing a lot of like your networking online. And, um, how, you know, what, what's kind of been your experience with like community and, and building that and just really like networking? Because so much about building a small business or building a sales list or anything else like that is being able to like get to know people. So what's really worked for you when it's comes to like reaching out and kind of making new connections? Yes, networking was huge. When I took this role on, I had no idea that what I was kind of, that that's how, like how much my position was involved with networking itself. And so when I took this role on, I was like quickly enlightened, like that is the majority of the job is, you know, getting to know people and um, everything's word of mouth in this business. And so much of your referral partners are huge. So immediately when I started, I just joined every and any networking group that was out there, which has been super easy to do with COVID because there's no travel time. So I'm doing, you know, a couple network, when I first started a couple networking groups, even a day, even sometimes. So, um, and there's, yeah, there's a lot out there online that you can do actual networking groups. But then I was telling you, there's things like Facebook groups that are just for the community that I'm around and that my territory is in. Yeah. And so seeing the business owners from that Facebook group, I've gotten connected with some great CPAs in town from that, um, bookkeepers. And so that's been an avenue or channel I didn't expect, but has been super great. And, yeah. and LinkedIn, cause it's like, it puts a face to the name, but it also is like the professional way to reach out, I feel like too. So that's been a very approachable way to, to network too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely say probably like the last just couple months being able to be on LinkedIn was really like kind of a game changer because you're so used to like those traditional social media platforms where like people are there to like play and have work and zone out and make connections. And it's like sometimes the some of the, you know, the Facebooks and the Instagrams and kind of you don't know what you're going to get. You know, why are they on right now? Do they really want to talk business? Whereas LinkedIn is like, because I think that's actually how we met. Yeah, I was going to say, we LinkedIn. met on LinkedIn. So it was brought like, us together. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was actually social media used socially, right? Um, so that's cool. So how, is there different ways that you um, bring value to the different people that you've met? Like, do you have, I don't know, do you do like consultations? I mean, like, I don't know. Like, how do you, how do you really like bring value to those community, uh, those connections that you've made with people? Yes, so specifically with clients and um, small business owners as prospects, the first thing I like to do in those initial meetings is really be just curious, like just understand what their business is and the model and the structure that they have in place to see what and if we can be a good um, fit for them in different ways for the services that we offer. So really understanding like, what is it that you're struggling with? We always say, or I always kind of keep back in the back of my mind when I go in that there's typically like one of these three things that business owners struggle with and mm -hmm. it's maintaining compliance, which is very big for especially startup business owners because they're like, oh, there's so much stuff, there's so many regulations and I just wanna make sure I'm compliant. That's yeah. like their biggest concern typically. But of course, with everything, even COVID related, like there's all business owners are, that's a big thing, staying compliant. And then um, 
reducing costs, that's always big in the business world. You want to make yeah. sure you're reducing costs where you can. Like, am I spending too much time or money on this particular service where I don't need to? Can I cut costs here? So that's one. And then increasing revenue, of course. So seeing ways that we can help them with that. Right. And seeing what their focus is. Okay. How do you guys help them with revenue? So bringing time back in their day. So yeah. if it's like, I mean, there's a statistic out there that I think it's 40% of business owners spend time doing non-revenue generating tasks, right. which you can imagine. So they're spending, they're thinking when they start a business or they're involved in their business and all of a sudden they're spending almost half their time on these tasks that are just administrative, making sure they're compliant and having to make sure that their time cards are up to speed or to date and all that. And being able to take that off their shoulders is really nice and being able to put them back into what they love and their passion and, and not have to do what they don't want to be doing behind the computer or screen yeah. all day. <laughs> so, Yeah, I, I love that. That really resonates with me, I know specifically, because I've like literally had rant videos about that where it's like as a business owner, you have like a set of skills or at least a passion uh, that you want to spend your time doing and then you're doing all this other crap that like some of it you do have to do, some of it you don't have to do. Certainly pay, you gotta pay your employees, you know what I mean? So it's like to be able to get some of that time back, to be able to focus on the thing that you're really great at is so huge, because that is what makes you money. <laughs> that's, that's why you have someone to pay. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And there's actually, thinking about increasing revenue, like there is some ways within a payroll system that you would never even imagine that can be almost a revenue stream for businesses. Yeah. So for instance, for people like restaurant industry and um, anywhere with high turnover, there's things like the Watsi tax credits out there that not a lot of business owners are aware of, but yeah. it is called the work opportunity tax credit. So the government incentivizes these employers to hire kind of hard to hire employees, which would be, you know, employees that are on food stamps or um, veterans that yeah, specific veterans and um, a number of reasons why they'd qualify. But if they do and they're eligible, they can actually receive like $1,900 to $9,600 in tax credits. So imagine if you have two, three of those and your payroll is only 2000 now it's becoming a revenue stream, you're getting all yeah. this tax credit. So there is ways to, um, there's a lot of options like that that are out there too. That's just nice to kind of be a consultant in a sense yeah. where I'm like, okay, well you may not use our services, but you can still use this kind of um, yeah. practice and put it into play in your company. I think that's so valuable. I mean, I can't, I mean, constantly I'm going, because I'm eating terrible fast food, I'm constantly seeing new hire signs like everywhere I go, like everyone needs um, more employees right now. And that's so cool that that's a real opportunity because a lot of people have been like, oh, or furloughed or whatever else. And as soon as this like COVID thing is over with or whatever you want to call it, like people are going to have to hire again. And that'd be so cool if they could like help out someone who needs a job, especially if they're like the, the, the hard to hire ones and uh and to make money for it <laughs> that's awesome yeah no i guess absolutely i agree i love that the government incentivizes that right um so clearly obviously work has changed a lot for you like you're working at home a lot um how have like what kind of opportunities have you seen in that like I've, saving money not driving to work is awesome but like what other kind of other opportunities have really come up for you um, because of the fact that you're kind of stuck at home. Yeah, I know. I know. So, I mean, number one, I'm able to increase the amount of people that I'm able to meet with in a day. So, 
I'm more actually connected with the team that I work with in different departments, and so I'm kind of getting more knowledgeable on what they do because now I have the time to really understand the the depth of all the departments of my team, and then meeting with clients so I can you know doing Zoom calls that there's no traffic or there's no travel time in between, so I'm able to meet with more clients in a day or even prospect more during the day, which is super helpful that I can get in front of more businesses that way as well as. Um, my referral partners. So that's been huge. Like I've been really able to target specific referral partners that I know that I feel like I can help and that they can help as well. And so um, being able to have that time given back to me to just be able to research effectively and yeah. build relationships through Zoom, which has been pretty effective, which is odd. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I feel like I actually know certain people that I've never met in person now, but I'm like, I feel like I've met with them enough on Zoom where I'm like, yeah. okay, I can even see their personality. Like it's just, um, it's been, doable yeah. right well weird. yeah no i mean if it can if i can be so bold it was it was really enjoyable to talk to you on zoom which i can't say for everyone i've talked to not that there's any been anyone horrible but you were so warm and so friendly and like i really felt like i got a good sense of who you are is that just like something that just comes naturally to you or is that like do you have like things that you've really learned that has made you like really excel at being good at meetings on zoom <laughs> Good question. Never really thought of it. Um, I, I mean, you, like you said, like I, I think people, and I've been doing way more of this reflecting after every interaction I have, and it's kind of easy to do now because there's so many repetitive ones on Zoom and things. Yeah. And so I think, like, you know, they have the term smile and dial. Like, you always have like a smile on your face, and it almost makes you feel more positive, and then yeah. you know that you're having a more positive effect on that person, and then the energy exchange is better. So just the pure smile and yeah. just going into every interaction with a positive outlook, even if I know that this might be like a client that's kind of frustrated and it might not be the easiest meeting, but just yeah. having that positive presence can maybe help bring that energy out too, whether it's Zoom or even in person, but yeah, lately, lately Zoom. So it's, it's harder to do, but it's easier than even the phone because the phone you can't see or read True. people. But, um, but yeah, I see what you mean. It's, yeah, I guess just the smile, just yeah. smile. Well, you do a great he job, like legitimately, you do a great job. And so um, it stood out enough that I remembered to ask you about it. So, <laughs> That's um, awesome. Yeah. So um, because of the fact that you have like an admin side business, you get to see a lot of behind the scenes stuff, right? With different business owners. What are some things that you've noticed, trends in uh, small business owners yeah, so for business owners, I think, especially when they start having, you know, more than a few employees and, you know, everyone knows kind of the cost of losing employees. It's super expensive with the training and then just the, the pain that it is to find another qualified employee to fill that position. So retention has been really big. I think business owners are constantly looking at ways to just make sure they can retain their clients. And especially now when there is, you know, I mean, the unemployment is is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so making sure they can keep people on board and not lose them. And I would say there's just so many ways to get crafty with retention that's been that's out there that um, that is known to help. So offering things like benefits is always a great way to keep employees and especially it's not required until employers hit 50 employees to have group like group health benefits. Okay. But um, however, if you're a small employer or you're 
a small employer group size and you have like just a few employees, there are a lot of options to provide benefits for your employees. So there's things out there like QSERA, which I want to say is Qualified Small Health Reimbursement Act for, for smaller groups. And so basically, if a employer is trying to offer benefits but they don't want to take on the the hefty fee that it kind of is to do the group health benefits yeah. for their employees, they can do something like that where it's it's um, not it's it's tax free and they can choose the amount that they want to give to their employees. So they could just say, I'm going to give a hundred dollars to my employees. Um, they'll be tax free every month, and they can use that towards their premium. And at least you're offering something. So the government does have options for that. There's always things like FSA, you know. Um, when it comes to retirement, things like simple IRAs, so they don't have to do a full-blown 401k. Just having those small little things for um, their employees is just a nice way to keep them on board. Yeah. So retention is definitely the biggest. Retention, yes. And then I would also say things that employers struggle with is, um, you know, maintaining compliance, not to be yeah. redundant, but making sure that they are kind of just covering all their bases in every way so so what kind of let's be specific so what kind of like things do you see them normally not complying with yes yeah, so things like um mandatory sick time for arizona so you have to employers are required to offer once you hit 15 or above employee mark you have about 40 hours a week for your employees that they have to accrue for a year um for sick time and they don't have to have paid time, you know, paid, paid sick time in Arizona, but every state's so different. So just having somebody like an HR professional, we can, we even have that service too, where you don't have to have payroll service, but you could have like uh, HR professional direct access to them and, yeah. and be able to just ask those questions when they come up to make sure that you have everything that you need. Um, there's things like you're mandated to have labor law posters in your business and, yeah, just stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think of because there's just so much. So yeah, I mean, there's like there's small things like that employers aren't really aware. Like you have to store your I nine and W fours in different files within your filing cabinet if you still do it that way. Otherwise, electronically is better. And that's why you yeah. can um, have some a system for that. But if you do f still store them, they have to be separate. Like it's just like those little things that if you were to be audited, it could be a major fee that you just that could you know, could put you under and it's like completely unnecessary. Yeah. 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 I guess just like anyone else, it's like you start a business cause you're passionate about something and then it's like, Oh, surprise. Uh, your file folders are done wrong. And it's yeah. like, what? <laughs> I didn't get into business to file, you know, paperwork. You get in business cause you like have something you're passionate about. Yeah. And like, and a lot of employers are, um, they have an HR background. They might even be certified or they have, you know, some kind of HR, but it's the fact that it's consistently and constantly changing. Like for COVID, for instance, there's the new FFCRA and you have to know, be completely up to date on those regulations and guidelines. So that you're offering and that your employees are aware of what they are, um, eligible for right. when it comes to that. So it's, um, it's just like, you might as well just have someone, on retainer to help you if you have those questions so you can just get back to your day and not have to spend all your time wondering if the sources you're getting from Google are actually accurate. And yeah, and I actually have a good example of a compliance case that a client has been facing with um, wage and hour laws. So a disgruntled employee was upset with the, um, that he didn't get his overtime or he, he believed he should have and he was fired. So there was a lot of sticky area there, but yeah. um, bad relationship when he left. 
And so now the employer just has to make sure that he he can do, he documented it correctly because if he didn't, typically the government's going to favor the employee that left, and and then that's again another huge fine. And then not even if they go through and they go through the the court process and everything, they still are paying for their attorney and the time and attention needed. So if you could just pull up those documents and make sure that you uh, can prove your your innocence, it's very very crucial. Yeah, people don't, I don't think people realize how much uh, what you say matters in those situations and what you write down because it's like, I don't know, easy to get hurt feelings and confusion and legal problems <laughs> yeah. because of that. So one thing that I think is probably a little tricky is just that, that edge between uh, contract workers, uh, contractors, and actual employees. Right, so a lot of like the the people on my team are all uh, contractual, uh, but obviously at some point the the rules will change and they'll have to be employees. Uh, is that something that you see pretty often? A lot of times people start out as independent contractors because it's just not full blown, and they have you know a couple people helping out here and there. Or, I mean, there's just a lot of industries where you just need independent contractors, but then you definitely get to a point sometimes where it's like, well, now we're in a gray area and we really don't know if they should be salaried or independent contractors. Right. So we have two services that I always recommend. Um, one being our HR counsel team because they can actually, once you get to that point where you want something documented to say like, this is actually, you know, this is the correct, they should be labeled this and then have it documented for you so you know you are, it, you are compliant. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's another river compliant? Um, so you know that you're compliant. There's also HR advisory team that we have, which is certified professional HR that can give you solid advice so that you can be rest assured that you are in the right direction and then know when they should be salaried. Um, and that's always just a great, you know, team to have behind you so that if you have, when those questions come up, you know, okay, this is, this is the situation, I've got the answers to it, and I know when they should become salary and feel good about you know, where, you, where you stand with that. I just saw recently there's a really common case that you, people can relate to with um, Uber. A lot of Uber drivers were in uproar, like they feel like half of them in California, I think it was, felt like they should be salaried while they're all considered independent contractors because they have the freedom of their, making their own hours and all of that. Yeah. So it, you can see where that's like, you know, they're hitting a gray area where they are kind of feeling like they are working for this particular company and they should be salaried. And then right. they also have a lot of people that still just want to be the independent contractors. So that's a, that's a good example of that gray area. Well, people at McDonald's want to get paid $20 an hour to flip a burger. So I guess people have a lot of opinions on what they think they deserve. <laughs> if you had to be super specific and say, why should someone really outsource their payroll? What would that be? Yes, so I would say there's two main reasons why it makes sense to absolutely outsource payroll. One being peace of mind, you can't pay for that. Like that's just something, okay, this is taken care of. All of my state, federal, local taxes are done and taken care of, they can do all that. And I know I'm paying my employees properly. I feel good about it. I can go to bed fine. Um, and the other piece would be the time saver. So. Yeah. 
we always can't stress enough how important it is to give business owners time back in their day because they have more than they can handle oftentimes on their plate. And it's like, why not just spend that minimal amount and have someone else take that one thing and take care of it for you yeah. and have like that support on that end because they're, they're taking on a lot. <laughs> so just, yeah, the getting that time back is money in itself. So return in money in time, return in time. Well, even in, even to your first point about having that confidence, it's like, certainly as a business owner, you're always kind of living in the world of solving problems and going on to the next thing and uncertainty. But certainly even now there's more uncertainty than ever before. So to have like one thing that like, you're like, I for sure don't have to worry about this has yeah. got to feel great. Yeah. And when you have a good system in place that tracks your PTO accruals, your sick time, everything else, end of the year, you have your reports, whenever you need to pull up a report, if you get audited, you can just say, here, I have all my bases covered and my system's already tracking it for me. They had this amount of time. So if a case ever arises, you already have everything you need for them right there. So right now with everything, for a lot of people being slower, not everyone, but a lot of people being slower, right? Less employees, less clients coming in, which is sad, but there's also a little bit of an opportunity there, right? So is there a couple ways that you could think of things that people should look at to try to streamline some of their processes right now so when things pick back up again, they've got something really efficient working for themselves? Yes, absolutely. So the first thing that came to mind actually because things are slower for some industries, not all, some are doing great, you know, and staying in there, but for the ones that are kind of maintaining and they're slowing down a little bit and they have much more time to kind of reflect on what they have in place, what their goals are for their for their upcoming year and when things start to pick up again, which should be hopefully around the corner. Right. Um, and things like if they've had to furlough or let people go, then having an applicant tracking system is something that would be really nice, a way to you know, find qualified employees, even potentially get some tax credits off them. That's another conversation, but having that system in place um, and you talked about streamlining those, their streamlining their systems. So things like that, they, they just want to, that maybe they currently aren't speaking to each other, but they would like to things like their timekeeping, applicant tracking, payroll, um, retirement services, that kind of thing, having them all in one, one, um, software. Well, thank you very much for sharing. Um, I appreciate all the just really shedding a lot of light on an area that most people probably don't spend a lot of time on, to be honest. Um, so appreciate you very much shedding a little light on that, giving some tips, some tricks. And uh, I, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who are listening that would just need that little extra push to try something new, to be able to streamline the services and potentially outsource uh, some of their work so that they can actually focus on what's making revenue. Because right now, man, revenue is top of mind. Not that it wasn't before, but I mean, it's like people are keeping from going under and be able to like actually focus on that is just huge. So thank you so much for, yeah. Thank you very much for your input on that. And uh, yeah, so uh, thank you guys for watching. And uh, hopefully, I'm sure you guys found a lot of awesome things out of this. And so be sure to, um, to like, comment, subscribe, and if you have questions, throw them into the comments and we'll be able to answer this for you.